Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. I, I want to start off this morning, brand new series. I want to ask you, the, you guys this question. Um, how many think it's possible that a natural person like you and me can actually hear a supernatural God? Well, not only do I think that it's possible, I think it's absolutely essential that you and I start to learn how to hear God because we need to hear God about the choices and decisions that we make. How many know there's a lot of decisions in life? Uh, we, we have to navigate those decisions. Some of those decisions are relational. They might be about your marriage or your family. Some of those decisions are financial. Some of those decisions about, uh, are who should I date? Who should I marry? Some of those, where should I go to school? What should I do in life? There's just a lot of decisions. There's a lot of challenges. And there are a lot of things that we face, good and bad, that you and I need to begin to learn how to actually hear God. So not only do I believe it's possible, I absolutely believe that it's essential. And so what I want to do over the next three weeks is start this series called Hearing God. And I want to teach you over the next few weeks, how, how do we hear God? And I, I want to prove to you that, yes, you can hear God. Now, uh, you, you need to connect through all three weeks. So be here. If you can't be here, make sure you go back and you watch online because it's going to take all three weeks to put this together because there are, there are a few ways that we have to make sure that we begin to practice hearing God. And we're going to, we're going to start that this morning. Y'all ready to go? Okay. So go with me if you would. This is John chapter 10, a fairly uh, familiar section of scripture. And it reads this way. I'm going to read to you the first, the first uh, five verses. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but they climb in by some other way, they're a thief and they're a what? A robber. Verse 2. But the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Now look at verse 4. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow. Why do they follow? Because they what? Know his voice. Verse 5. But they will never follow the stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not what? Recognize the voice of a stranger. Isn't that an interesting passage of scripture? So it's talking about a sheep pen. And let me give that a little bit of context. In, in those times, in that part of the world, they, they, many of them were, were sheep farmers and sheep herders. They were shepherds of sheep. And so a sheep pen would be this area with these big walls, uh, barbed wire, brush around the top. It was a safety place to bring the sheep during the night. But several different shepherds would bring their flocks and they would be in this sheep pen together. And they would put what they call an under-shepherd or a watchman who would stay there during the night. And he would only let the shepherd in and out, and he would come in by the, the sheep gate or the door. And when that shepherd would walk in, he would begin to call his sheep by name. And those sheep were amazing. They would know their shepherd's name, and they would go out with their shepherd, but they wouldn't follow another shepherd. The interesting thing or the important thing about that concept or that explanation is anyone who would try to come in any other way, they would have to barge their way in, 
They would have to enter deceptively. They would have to break and enter, and they would have to come in, in some way, form, or fashion that was not through the sheep gate, and they would have to get past the under-shepherd. So whoever would come in and try to steal one of those sheep would be a thief or there would be a robber. Now, if you know anything about Scripture, the Bible references us pretty frequently as what? Sheep. And I love this illustration because it shows us that God or anyone else that's good for our life only enters in the right way. The enemy, how many know, comes in and barges in and sneaks in and invades in a different way. It's important for us to know the voice of God and how God comes to us versus another way. Pastor Diane and I like to watch this, this thing on YouTube. This, uh, I don't know, it's not a show, but it's, it's called Doorbell News. And so what it is, it's this guy who scours the internet and he brings together all of these short videos from like ring doorbells or, or security camera angles. And it shows people trying to break in someone's home or, or just kind of messing around or prowling around in their yard or on their front porch. And security cameras catch these people and he narrates it. And it's really funny to watch. I mean, it's sad that, that people are out there trying to break in, but he has this way of narrating and he'll... He'll, like if someone's wearing something really weird, he'll sort of make fun of what they're wearing or, or what's this person doing. And he has this one line that we love, and he, 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 he kind of gets real loud. And he'd be like, yeah, look at that person messing around. It's 3 o'clock in the morning wearing that purple shirt. What are they doing? And he goes, get lost. And it, it's, it's this deep voice, and he's like, get lost. So we go around all the time saying, get lost. And, and then we have this conversation about what would we do if someone was like poking around our porch, you know, prowling around at night and I've got all these scenarios, how I'm going to ninja mode. And, and so we, we, we start talking about this and we're always like, get lost. And I wonder sometimes if we just need to be that way with the enemy, get lost. <laughs> but you know, sheep are really, really peculiar animals. And it's interesting to me that God references you and me as, as sheep. Um, how many were here a few weeks ago when Pastor Tiffany showed us the video and, and, and spoke about uh, how important it is for those, those sheep to be sheared? Well, there's some other interesting facts about sheep. I've done some studying on them over the years because of this passage of, of Scripture. It, one thing about sheep, sheep have terrible vision. Now, now picture a sheep, their eyes are out here. So they see pretty good this way, but their depth perception is awful. But because their vision is so bad, their hearing and their smell is heightened. But, but it's real common for sheep in, in places where they're still herded. They get spooked really, really easy, and they wander off. And there's story after story of how a sheep will get away from the flock, uh, get lost, get spooked, and they'll end up going over a cliff or a ravine and, and, and end up losing their life. And so they're, they're prone to stray. They're, they're, they're prone to be very needy, and they're prone to be really stubborn animals. I wonder why God compared us to sheep. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we can get a little, uh, let me re reset, we can get a lot stubborn. How I many we can be really needy? Um, yeah, y'all aren't raising your hand now, but we, we can be that way. We can get spooked really easy. Sometimes being able to see ahead is, 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 not, is not a strength of ours. And so God referenced us as sheep. But it's interesting, the Bible says that the sheep know his voice. It actually didn't even say you have to learn how to hear his voice. It says they know his voice. 
And they know his voice, the scripture just said, because they recognize his voice. They recognize his voice. I, I wonder sometimes if we lack confidence in hearing God because we're just not used to recognizing him speaking to us. And I will tell you that God wants to speak. He absolutely wants to speak. And I'll be really honest with you, he doesn't have to speak through me to speak to you. Any sheep in here? Let me hear you. That's what you all sound like all the time, just But we need a shepherd. And how many know the shepherd's going to lead you to good places? So we just, we need to lose our stubbornness. We need to lose our neediness. And how many know we just need to be able to recognize his voice because he will lead us to good places. But sometimes we're challenged in recognizing his voices. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. This is chapter 3. I want to read this little story to you. Then we'll make some points. How many remember the uh, commercial a few years ago with the cell phone, Can You Hear Me Now? How many know that's one of the most frustrating things in 2023 is when you're just going along with your cell phone, having your conversation, and the signal drops? How many have almost lost their Jesus over that? I mean, you're just like, how hard, you you could be anywhere talking, I've been all over the world, I've been in different countries, have good signal, and all of a sudden, somewhere in like Canaan Valley, it just drops. Or actually, not too far from the church here, there's just a place where where the signal will just drop. It's really frustrating. Uh, but I always remember that commercial, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And have you ever just been walking around your yard or your house or somewhere like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Looking like an idiot. How many have ever, ever done that? You're just, you're just trying to get a good signal, right? Okay, let, let, let's read this story. Uh, the Bible says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. He was the priest. And the Bible said, in those days, the word of the Lord was very what? It was really rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, who was a priest, his eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. He lied down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then look what it says. The Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran into Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. So he went in. He laid down again. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up. He went to Eli and said, I'm here. You called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so a third time the Lord called and said, Samuel, can you hear me now? And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go back and lay down. If he calls you, say this, speak, Lord, your servant is what? Listening. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place and the Lord came and stood. He kept getting closer and closer and he came and he stood there and he called as he did other times and said, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak for your servant is what? Listening. I want you to know that the first step to really hearing God is we have to begin to recognize his voice. And that's our title this morning, recognizing the voice of God or recognizing his voice. So y'all ready to make some points? Okay. Well, why do we struggle so much to recognize 
God's voice. Now, I just read you a story about Samuel, but I think sometimes we're the same way. We don't recognize God's voice. And it took the priest, a seasoned person, to say to Samuel, if you hear it again, just say, I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. Speak. And I think that's, there's a lot to be said there. We need to posture ourselves in a place and a way that we're like, Lord, speak. I'm listening. But I was thinking about that. Why, why do we struggle sometimes with actually recognizing God's voice? Or why do we struggle to hear God speak to us? And I have, I have a slide I want to put up. I think here's why we struggle to hear God speak. First of all, we're unfamiliar with his voice. We're unfamiliar with his voice. Now, um, if I know you fairly well and you call me on my cell phone and I'm like, hello, and you begin talking, if I know you and I'm familiar with you, I don't have to be like, who is this? But have you ever gotten a call from someone, you didn't recognize the number, a name didn't pop up, and they start talking and you're just like, who, who is this? Who, who's on the other line? Because you don't recognize their, their voice. If my wife calls me up, the dumbest thing for me to be like, who is this lady calling me? But I know, I know her voice. I'm familiar with her voice because I'm used to listening to her talk. I'm used to talking to her. So, but one reason is we're not familiar enough with God's voice. But if we get familiar with the voice of God, we won't struggle to recognize. We won't struggle to hear him. Here, here's another one. Um, maybe you're familiar with his voice, but you're just not real good at what? Listening. Um, Let's, let's do a survey. Guys, married guys, how many have ever had your wife say, you need to pay attention. You're not a good listener. Anybody? The rest of you have a lying problem. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, how many, and, and my wife is right. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not the best listener. My attention span comes and goes. And she says, I chase squirrels. And I think I told you the story. One day we were actually in our living room um, between our living room and kitchen, there's this big window, and she's telling me something, and my attention was like, and she goes, you're not paying attention. I'm like, there was a literal squirrel right on the porch, and I was chasing the squirrel, but, but I, sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, I don't pay the, I'm sure if you've talked to me, you're wondering, like, he's not paying attention to what I'm saying. I have a tendency to drift a little bit, but sometimes we do that with God. We're just not listening when he wants to speak, or we're not just paying attention, or how about this one? Man, we're too distracted. We're just too distracted. Guys, I get it. There's a lot going on. There, there, there's a lot of things going on. If, if you have a family and your kids are in sports and school, there's a lot going on. Um, if you're just paying attention to what's happening in our country and our world, I mean, there's a lot of distractions. There can be a lot of distractions at work. There can be a lot of relational distractions. There just can be a lot of distractions. And distractions, if, we don't, if we're not careful about cleaning up that clutter and those distractions, we will struggle to recognize the voice of God. So sometimes we're just unfamiliar. Sometimes we're just not paying enough attention. And sometimes we're too distracted. But here's the cool thing about that. All three of those things, you and I can remedy. You and I can adjust, make some adjustments and just become more familiar with his voice. We can make some adjustments and pay more attention. We can make some adjustments and get rid, get rid of some distractions. 
and we'll hear God better. And, and I'll just say this to you, man, we need, to, we need to make sure we're hearing God right now. Man, maybe more than ever. Maybe more than ever. We've got to, here's the cool thing. Out of all the world, out of all the people, out of everything going on, check this out. You can actually hear God. Little old you. If you are a believer, you can actually hear God. It's a distinction about your life. You can know the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. How many of you are hearing God and following God? Things are going to work out in your favor. The Bible is very clear. He wants to reveal things to you. He wants to reveal things to come, the Bible says. So here we are. Let's make some points. First life point today is you recognize God's voice by how he comes to you. Remember back when we were talking about the sheep pen just a moment ago? Those sheep recognized his voice. The shepherd would come through the sheep gate. He wouldn't come in through a back door. He wouldn't barge in. He wouldn't break in. But we will recognize the voice of God by how he comes to us. Here's what I mean by that. By how he approaches us. There are a lot of other voices. And the voice of the enemy is really good about this. How many have ever noticed sometimes there's voices, especially the enemy's voice, that feels like it comes in and, and just is really, really urgent it barges in, it's intrusive, it's overwhelming, it's pushy. That's never the voice of God. He does not come to you that way. Let me prove that to you. Look, look at this scripture. This is, this is actually in the book of Revelation. This is chapter 3, and this is verse 20. I like this. Here I am. Remember how he showed up to Samuel? Uh, here, here I am. Here I am. Can you hear me now? I'm, I'm at the door, and I'm knocking. How many know that a thief or a robber doesn't, they don't knock? They don't come to the door and say, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I would like to enter your house and, and, and plunder of you of your, your goods, harm your family, take your possessions. It doesn't happen that way. But God, he just knocks. Now look at the rest of scripture. And if you hear my voice and you open the door, I'm going to come in, I'm going to eat with you. I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. In other words, there's going to be connection. There's going to be communion. God does not overwhelm you. He does not overwhelm you with pressure. He does not overwhelm you with anxiety. He's at the door and he says, <clears throat> can you hear me now? I'm here. And he knocks. He's just waiting for you to do what? Open the door and he'll enter in. He'll connect with you. He'll reveal things to you. So you always know God by how he comes to you. But now think about this. If we're going to delete distractions, if we're going to zone in and pay attention, if we're going to become more familiar and do that more and more, he's going to come in more and more and he's going to share things with you. But God doesn't barge in. God does not come in with condemnation. God does not come in with shame. God does not come in with fear. That's the voice of the enemy. That's why I started with the scripture about the sheep pen. That's, 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 that's how God comes to us through the gate. He doesn't sneak in. He doesn't barge in. He doesn't break in. He doesn't violate in any way. But we know God. Now, remember I said something to you. The, this passage of scripture said that his sheep know his voice. So you, know, you have the ability to know God's voice. 
If you have been a believer for 47 and a half years, if you've been a believer for four days, there's something in your spirit that knows the voice of God. And all you have to do is start practicing and becoming more familiar with it, spending time with him. That's how I got to know my wife's voice, and I don't have to ask her who's on the other line, who's calling me. I just know her voice. Why? I'm with her. If my, if my kids will call me. Now, one day I messed up on the phone, and my, my youngest called, and I thought it was my oldest, and she got all mad because you don't even know your daughter's voice. But they sounded the same on the phone, but I know when it's them because I, I know the approach. So we know the voice of God by how he what? He comes to us. Is that helpful? Here's life point two. You recognize God's voice by the content he shares with you. How he comes to you and the content that God shares with you. Here's another really cool scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, two verses. It is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what no human mind has conceived. So there's just some things that you haven't seen and haven't heard and you haven't comprehended of what God has prepared for those who love him. Anyone love him? He's got some stuff in store if you love him. But look at verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things and the deep things of God and reveals them to you and I. God has amazing things, and guess what God wants to do? Reveal them to you. I'm going over here because they're not excited about that. God has some things in store for you, and he wants to reveal them to you. I'm going to stay over here. Uh, Now think about that. God has some good things maybe in store for your resources, maybe in store for your marriage, maybe in store for your kids, for your future, for your job, for for, for your heart, for your life, for for your emotion. God has some good things in store. You haven't even heard about some of them. You you have a hard time even discerning them sometimes. And God says, what I'm going to do is the Spirit of God is going to search the things of God and He's going to do what? Reveal them to you. So what would God talk to you about? I'll be real honest with you. I have sat with people before over the years, and they have told me some crazy stuff that they blame God for telling them. So it's important to know, first of all, how he comes and what he would talk about. I've had people sit and tell me that God told them they're supposed to leave their spouse and marry someone else. They may have wanted to, but that was not (laughs) God talking. I'll actually talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, I've had people tell me stuff, and I sat there and said, that's not God. If you do it, it'll harm a church. I saw it split church. I've I've seen those things happen because people think things, and they say God told them. So what would God God talk to you about? Let Let me give you a couple things God would talk to you about. First thing God would talk to you about is, guess what? Himself. Well, that's arrogant. No, it's not. He's God. (laughs) But he's going to reveal what? Himself to you. Here's what I mean by that. He's going to talk to you about his character. He's going to reveal to you his goodness. Religion will not reveal God to you. The word of God will reveal God to you. God's just going to speak to you about his his character, his nature, 
when God's really speaking, he, you're gonna, you're going, he's going to tell you how much he loves you. He's going to talk to you about how much he wants to do in your life. He's going to talk to you about how he wants to make adjustments in your life. God's going to reveal how good he is. He, he's going to say some things like this to you. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your sustainer. I'm your strength. I'm your champion. I'm your victory. I am for you. I'm not against you. He's going to reveal himself to you. That's something God's going to talk to you about. Here's something else he's going to talk to you about yourself. He's going to talk to you about himself, and he's going to talk to you about you. God's always going to talk to you about who you are. He has to constantly remind you that you are his and you are who he says you are. He needs to constantly remind you um, because we have, we sort of have like, how many, we just, we're forgetful. You know how many times in the Bible it says don't forget? Remember this? Because God knows. Even though he wrote it down, he still has to remind us of what he wrote down for us. Because God could do something amazing, and like two weeks later, we're facing a challenge like, I don't know if God can break us through. He did it before. He'll do it again. Because, listen to this, the goodness of God is on repeat in your life. It's on repeat. But he's going to talk to you about you. He, he's going to talk to you about who you are. Your identity in him. He's going to talk to you about you're forgiven. He's going to talk to you about you're your, your all that. He's going to talk to you about that. And he's going to talk to you about direction in your life. Now, I tell you what God will do. God will bring correction. But he does it with the word. He does it so lovingly. He, do, he doesn't put cancer on you to teach you a lesson. And God does not crash your car into a telephone pole to bring correction into your life. If you believe that, you have not heard him talk about himself. He doesn't have to crash your car to correct you. Religion taught us that. Religion doesn't have to be, uh, religion is most of the time not accurate. Because religion is man's failed attempt to get the favor of God. When the favor of God is a gift from God to his people. But he's going to talk to you about you. He's gonna, he might, he might. He might at times say, you, you need to adjust your beliefs. You need to adjust your attitudes. He might, he might say, uh, you, you, you need to let me help you with that habit. He might say, you, 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 need to, you need to help me help you be a better spouse. He might, did you hear that? Okay. <laughs> God's speaking. God just, I'm the vessel. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, he's also going to talk to you about other people. He's going to talk to you about other people. He might talk to you about forgiving somebody. He might talk to you about letting that thing go. He's going to talk to you a lot about relationship. That's stuff God's going to talk about. We just read that you can't comprehend it all, so he's going to search the heart of God and reveal it to you. Now, what have we said so far? His sheep will follow him and they know his voice because they recognize it by how he comes, how he, or the content he's going to share with you or what he's going to talk about. Ready for the last one? 
you recognize God's voice by the results it causes in your life. Are y'all getting this? Isn't this good? Uh, what, what I want to do is encourage you that everyone in here, if you are a believer, everyone watching right now or will watch later, if you are a believer, you know the voice of God. And I know the first thing you run, how do you know that? Well, how he comes to you. The content that he shares with you and what it causes in you. Philippians chapter 4, two verses. I love this verse. You know, sometimes we just read a verse and we just, we, we need to read it slowly sometimes. Can I prophesy something to you? Don't be anxious about anything. Have you ever read a scripture, and this just be real for a moment, God don't listen for a moment, and be like, yeah, right. That's just your flesh talking, but Paul wrote this. He said, don't, don't, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, well, God, you know, that was written a long time ago, and there's a lot more to be anxious about today. If you knew, if you knew the husband I'm married to, if you knew the kids you gave me, if you knew the boss I work for, if you know the, the stress in the finance, if you knew the neighborhood I lived in, if, 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 he said, don't be anxious about what? Anything. You know what the word anything means in the Greek? Anything. <laughs> but in every situation, can, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you don't have an exemption clause here. But my situation <laughs> outweighs them all. No, but in every situation, all your situations, by prayer and petition, with some thanksgiving, give it to God. Don't, don't change that slide yet. By prayer and petition, what that means is just bring it to God. Have some thanks. Why would you have thanksgiving? Well, thanksgiving cancels out anxiety. Gratitude cancels out worry. You can't be grateful and worry at the same time. So don't be anxious, but pray and, and bring it to God. Okay, let me see that next slide. Thank you, guys. Um, and if you do that, the peace of God, which if you could bottle it, you'd pay big money for the peace of God. How many have ever been somewhere, sometime, something when you did not feel the peace of God? It's one of the worst feelings. But it says this, and the peace of God, which blows our minds, will begin to wrap itself around your heart and your mind in Jesus. That word peace is our English word um, umpire. Any baseball fans? So in a baseball game, just like in a football game or a basketball game, there are some type of referee or officials, they have to keep the game rules. They have to keep the, the rules. And an umpire keeps the rule in a baseball game. If that pitch is outside the strike zone, it's a ball. If it's right down the middle, it, it's a strike. If it's fouled out of play, it's a foul ball. If it's in play, guess what? It's a hit. If they tag you out, it's out. What happens if we just bring it to God with some gratitude and some faith, what's going to happen is God's going to umpire the situation in our life.
He's going to say to you, man, that's out. That's ball. That's, 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 that, that's, he's going to say to you, when you hear you can do all things, he's going to be, that's right down the middle, strike. When it says you're going under, you're not going to be able to pay your bills and feed your family. He said, that's, that's out of bounds. That's, that's, that's foul. When he says, oh, the economy is crazy and bad, you're, you're going to lose everything, you're, you're going to belly up, you're going to be in trouble. You know what God says? That's out of bounds. That's foul. Because my kids have never been seen begging for bread. <laughs> These are things God will speak to you. When God speaks, when he speaks, you, you can know it's his voice because you're his sheep. He's your shepherd. He will lead you from one pasture to the next best pasture. It says he takes you from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory. He says he does that for those who keep looking into the word of God and it mirrors into their life. And you will know how it comes to you. You will know by the content and you will know by what it creates. Let, let me sort of land this plane with showing you this last slide, because here's what God's voice will produce in your life. It will produce these three things. I'm just trying to help you hear God. Just trying to help you know, recognize the voice of God. I love the first one. You know it's the voice of God because it always creates what? Faith. It takes Zippo faith to believe that you're going to be broke and down and out. It takes zero faith to say that you're going to stay sick and diseased. It does take some faith to believe that God's going to bless you and you're going to be healed and you're going to walk out of that situation and it's going to have a breakthrough moment. When God starts speaking to you, it always leaves you with what? Faith. Doesn't mean it will be easy, but it does mean that it is not impossible. It will create an expectancy. It will create some anticipation. It will create some confidence, some courage, and some hope. When God speaks, it's going to leave you with faith. It may, it may, the giant may still seem intimidating, but you're going to have courage and confidence and faith backing you up. It will produce faith in you. That's why I throw out scriptures, I quote scriptures, we make declarations every Sunday in here. Why? Because I want you to walk out of here with some faith. I want your faith to be stirred. Listen, listen, if you don't leave here with some faith, we haven't done our job. The day you walk out of here without faith being stirred is the day you need to dismiss me. Because I don't, you say, you're just trying to pump us up. Yeah, I'm trying to pump you up with some faith. Because I know what it's like out there. When God speaks. And I'll talk more next week about how he speaks. But one of the main ways he speaks is through his words. But there's some other ways. He's, we'll talk about that next week. But, but it will leave you with faith. This morning, you know, God's speaking. I'm just his, I'm, I'm just his megaphone this morning. He wouldn't wear these pants. But I'm, I'm just speaking for him this morning. And you know what he says? You, 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 you can do all things when he strengthens you but you know what that means there's some things you can't do if he doesn't strengthen you the things he wants you to do he will strengthen you 
What's that do right now? There's something in you. It's your spirit. And when you're sitting in church, and it's a faith-filled church, and it's a spirit-filled church, your spirit hears it, not your ears. God's not trying to just talk to your brain this morning. He's trying to talk to your spirit. That's how you know that's God right there. I've been in some churches over the years that no faith was stirred. But when faith gets stirred, that you know God is talking. You know God's talking. Jeremiah says this, I know the plans I have for you. To give you a future, to give you a hope. To your final outcome, that'll stir faith up. God's been in here tomorrow. He's got the t-shirt. He's already made a way. That should stir up some faith. He bore your sickness and your disease and your grief and your shame on the cross so you wouldn't have to carry it. That ought to build some faith. You don't have to carry it. God's a better carrier than you are. God took your, your sins and separated it as far as the east is from the west. That ought to stir up some faith. When I say something like this to you, um, the Bible says this, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How many of you be serious with you? You got some stuff's not so righteous in your yesterday. It wasn't so righteous. Well, the Bible said he gave you his righteousness. If you're a believer, you're not going to be any more righteous than you are right now because you're cloaked with the righteousness of Jesus. When God looks at you, he can't see past the redeeming blood of Jesus on your life. That ought to stir up some faith. Here's why. When I say something like this to you, that um, God wants to favor your life. All throughout Scripture, you're the favorite of the Lord. That ought to stir up some faith. Because the only way God can do those things in your life is to have faith in his favor. And he's got to convince you that you're favored so you can put faith in it. It's an act of grace received by faith. When you hear that, watch it stir your faith. Then guess what can happen? You can receive. You can become. You can have. You can do. You can be healed. You can be blessed. Even if the giant is still knocking at your door this evening, you ought to be stirred with some faith. God will never say, you're going down in a blaze of glory. He's not going to say that. You're doomed. Sorry, dude, we had a good run. You're not going to hear that from God. If the doctor hands you a diagnosis, you need to get into something to get your face stirred. That's what God talks. Here's the other thing it will produce. Isn't this good? Gratitude. It's going to produce gratitude. Here's what gratitude looks like. Gratitude looks like thankfulness. Gratitude looks like gratefulness. Gratitude looks like appreciation. And gratitude looks like big time, overflowing, theme of our year, joy. It's going to produce a gratitude. When God starts talking, there, there's a gratitude that, that swells up in you. You're, you. You begin to be grateful. You begin to be thankful. Your joy gets stirred. So your faith is stirred. Your joy is stirred. Those, those are actually two attitudes the Bible said we should have. Joy is an attitude we should have. Faith is an attitude we should have. Isn't that good? Instead of some of the other attitudes that we do have. When God adjusts the attitude, think about that. He's just, he's just dialing in his attitude. That's what will happen when God's talking. When God is talking, you'll never get into fear. You'll never get into doubt. 
You'll never get into it. I mean, that's not from God. If those things are present, you need to keep dialing into God. So, so faith begins to, begins to transcend doubt. Gratitude begins to transcend the worry. And here, here's, the, here's the other one. Peace. Peace. When God speaks, there's peace. We just, we just read the scripture. Peace means this. There'll be a, there'll be a trust. There'll be an assurance. There'll be a, a reliance. There'll be a security. Man, if we've ever needed it, we need our faith stirred, our gratitude, our gratitude poked, and we need a peace to begin to saturate us. And the Bible said it's his peace, not yours. He didn't say you'll get peace. He said he'll get, you'll get his peace. Your peace is momentary. Things are going good. Hair's in place. You're feeling all right. Lost a few pounds. You got peace and joy. Well, all that stuff goes crazy. You can still have peace. You can still have joy. You can still have an expectancy. Even when you blow it, you bring it to God, you can still have an expectancy. You can still have a peace. Someone in this room said this week, I think God's done with me. And God told me to tell you right now, he is far from done. He's a master creator. He's a master artist. And he is far from done. Far from done. You're not, you are not too outside the lines. You are not too old. You have not messed up too much. God, God is saying to you, I don't know who that's for, but he is saying to you, he is far from done. Don't let another voice get you outside of a place where God can, can work and, and, and do something. But that's how you know it's God. Did I help anyone this morning? So those three things confirm the voice of God. So I, I sort of said this, but look, I want you to hear this. If something comes and it produces doubt and, and unbelief, that is not God talking. That's an enemy, that's a situation. That might, be, that might be your flesh, that might be the news, but that's not God talking. That is not God talking. That is not God talking. If it sounds like worry and fear, God don't talk that way. He don't speak that language. He don't have that accent. If it sounds like condemnation, forgive my English, but that ain't God speaking to you. It says that in Romans. Therefore, right now, there is none of that. If you're in Christ Jesus. Man, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Can, can we all stand for a moment? Here's what I want to do for a moment. Before we sing a closing song and we dismiss you, I would like us all across this room, whatever you're doing, watching right now, I want you just to, just to close your eyes for a moment. 
just close them because here's what God's going to do all across this room right now he's going to speak to you he's going to start speaking right now and the person who just said yeah I don't think God speaks to me you just missed the whole message we preached he's speaking right now and he may just say something like this you need to forgive him you need to let it go he might say something like this you are loved he might say you are forgiven just just tune in tune your heart in hear in your heart hear in your spirit don't hear in your head it may be bigger some of you might say you need to start that business you need to take that job make that leap but but, but it could be just as subtle God saying you can do it it could be just as calm as God saying I am full